Well, I invite you to stand as you are able as we honor God. We are going to come to God's word here in one of the four accounts of Jesus' life. This is from the Gospel of Matthew. Now, Matthew in, or Jesus in his first public appearance, in, in his first sermon, he has people just gathering up, crowds of people. And he's on a mountainside, so they call it, his first sermon is the Sermon on the Mount. And he's just taught this bizarre thing. He's talking to people who are facing darkness in a lot of ways. People who others are judging. People who are struggling. And he tells them something wild. He tells them they're blessed. We call those the Beatitudes. Then afterwards, he starts to, he starts to continue in his message and he tells people things like, they're the salt of the earth. And now he says something even more kind of strange to them, and it might be for you too, but it is something we echo um, every time we are part of baptisms here as well. So I want you to hear this, especially if you're facing some kind of darkness today. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket. No, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I come from Wisconsin. Go Packers. Thank you. Nice job. Nice job. God loves a few of you more. So in Wisconsin, we celebrate this little-known holiday that you probably haven't heard of in, in North Dakota. It's called uh, Independence Day. Have you? Oh, you've heard of that? Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Just a little bit. Okay, yes. Independence Day, 4th of July, just like you. And for our family, we would have the huge family reunion. And everyone would bring the food. You know, it would be the potluck. And uh, we'd have to have the red, white, and blue jello, of course, with fruit in it. Why don't you? It makes it a little healthier. And then afterwards, um, you know, we would be able to, we'd be able to see the parades and then later on, that's when the show would start, right? Because the real thing you always remember about and get excited about is what? Fireworks, yes. And as a little boy, I was the oldest with my brother and sister, and my parents would actually buy some of the fireworks, and we couldn't touch any of them. My dad would light them, and it was dark out, and it was so special and fun. We'd just do it in front of our house. Um, but there was one. There was one we could touch, right? You know what it is. Oh, you know it's, wow, you passed the quiz. Good job. You sparklers. And, you know, as a little guy myself, it was so fun. Once, once mom or dad would light that thing, it was almost dangerous. The spark would go, and then it would start to go down like a fuse of dynamite. Oh, and then I could remember making the circles, and the sparks would fly. And then after a while, I'd jab at my brother, because that's what you do. You know, that's fun. And then there'd come the time. The time where one of us would look at the other and say, I dare you. I dare you to walk around the whole house. Walk, not run, with just a sparkler in the dark alone. 
I dare you. And me as a, you know, hotshot, strong-willed, I, in my heart of hearts, gulped. <laughs> but of course I said, I accept. And they would light the sparkler, and, you know, with the city, the street light on in the front and my family watching, I would confidently walk until I got to the back of the house. Now, the back of the house, of course, as you'd round the corner and they couldn't see anymore, that's not where the streetlights were, so it's, it looked like this. Yep, just like that. <laughs> Pitch black, right? Couldn't see your hand in front of your face, but the sparkler, so as soon as I hit that corner, you know what I did, right? I sprinted as fast as I could in the dark. Just run, 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 run. Then you get to the other corner and then uh, to, the, to the other side of the house and then turn the corner. A little out of breath. But it was fun because in the dark, as scary as it was at first, the sparks are just trailing behind it. It was special. And after a while, in the darkness, I got a little more comfortable. And my brother did too. And it became a lot of fun. Something about that light and the spark falling in the darkness. Just, it was special. It's a great end to the day. Now, I don't know about you, but that darkness comes. And not just at night, but the darkness comes, doesn't it? No matter what in our lives. We have pain, we have brokenness, we're, we're humans. And so sometimes we mess up, sometimes, well, sometimes that darkness happens in other ways. Maybe you're facing it somehow today. And maybe it's making you, just like I was in the darkness as a little boy, afraid, a little scared. There are things that keep me up at night. There's things that wake me up, and I'm guessing for a few of you, they, they do for you too. Those dark things. You know, the things in your past that are just haunting you, the things that you're like, I, I hope and pray God forgives me for them. Or maybe there's something in your future right now, something you're looking ahead and it wakes you up at night. And in the dark, isn't it weird? When I wake up in the middle of the night, the things that are so small or they seem smaller during the day in the dark, they grow. It's strange, isn't it? The darkness is there. What do you do in the middle of that? Well, at Living Waters, if you've been connected with us, you know we preach in sermon series. And we've been looking at this strange um, and, and amazing statement that Jesus makes. He makes all kinds of them. But one of them that has just kind of transfixed us here is he says this. He makes a promise. He says, I came, even in your darkness, this is crazy, I came so that you may have life and have it abundantly. And so what does this abundant life mean? What does it mean to live a full life, one of purpose and meaning? What does it mean to, to find these different things out of life? Because, because God's with us, because Jesus promised it. And so we've been exploring what does it mean to find not happiness, but to find joy because of that abundant life, because Jesus is with us. We've been exploring what does it mean to find like real, real peace, not a feeling, but actual peace. And what does it mean to have purpose? And now, today, there's a, there's a big one. It's finding hope. What does that mean? What does it mean to have hope? Because I, I truly believe that hope is the difference between life and death. Hope is the difference when we are finding our darkness, when we're stumbling, when we're fallen, and we're afraid. 
and we need to find our way. Hope is a thing that helps us get through it. But how do you find hope? What does it mean to have this abundant life in Jesus? I think it has everything to do with what he promised those crowds that were surrounding him on that mountainside. But hope is something that many have, it's captured us um, because we need this as people, don't we? Now here's a couple quotes just to help you along and help us along in this. Um, Hope is the dream, I love this, it's a French proverb, of a soul awake. I mean, it's almost like going through the motions and then hope comes and now you're alive. I love that. Emily Dickinson, a poet, a writer, she said this about hope. Hope is the thing with feathers. Isn't that good? Like, it just gives flight to to life itself. And I think that's what Jesus is saying when he's talking about abundant life. It includes in our darkness, in the hardest times, in our struggles, in our pain, in our brokenness. Anything you're facing, he's also saying, I will give you hope. Because that's what God's, that's what God's dream is for us. You know, before Jesus, hundreds of years before that, actually in our scripture, we, they, they talk a lot about hope. And God says this, here's what God's purpose is for us. This is beautiful in Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you. So God, if you're in darkness today, God God has a purpose right now. And his plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, so if you're struggling with something that's in your past, first of all, when I hear this, um, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I love that. It's like some people think of God as this angry Santa Claus. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just got that list, the naughty list, and he's ready to pounce if you really mess up. But this is reminding us, Jeremiah, prophet of God, is saying, no, no, no. I, I don't, God, that's not what God's about. He wants to give you hope. And, and now a, a couple from Hebrews about hope itself. This is in the New Testament. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So hope is there, and it goes along faith, especially when we're in our darkness, especially when we can't see the way. Hope is there Hope is there to lead. And then lastly, also from Hebrews, let us hold tightly now when we're in our darkness without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And his promise for us is most evident in Jesus and what he did on that cross for you because he loves you that much. So, but Jesus talks about this. He, he says, we're light. We're light when there's darkness. We're light for others. And the only way do we do that is just like happened for, for us during these baptisms. We, we light from the Christ candle. And I had this joke that I tell families beforehand. I, I say, you know, sometimes people light it and their baptismal candle and it blows out. And if it does, the baptism doesn't count. Totally messing with them. And I say, no, no, no. It's just like life, right? That when we fail, when we're in our darkness, what do we do? We need the light of Jesus. And sometimes we just need to come back to that again and again and again. And that's what hope is about. The hope of Jesus being with us through everything. Especially in the times that we're like, oh, I don't know if I can get through this. 
Now, did you know in our Old Testament, this is before the time of Jesus, there is a book of psalms. These are songs and poems. There's 150 of them. And in churches like mine growing up, we would do a psalm every week. We would chant it sometimes. Sometimes we would do a call and response. And I don't remember ever once having a psalm that said, boy, life stinks. Boy, is this hard. God, where are you? What's going on? I can't believe, are are you listening? But a quarter of them, a quarter of those 150 songs, those poems, mostly written by King David, you know, David, the little pipsqueak that had a, a sling and a stone and he killed a giant when he was young. He grew up. He became a king. Most of these psalms are, are praising God. But some of them, a quarter of them, are laments where they're hurting. Where the psalmist, like David is struggling in some kind of pain or darkness and wondering where God is. One of those is one I come back to again and again when I need light. Psalm 130. So it says, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. I'm in darkness, God. Where are you? Hear my voice. Now I'm crying out to you, David says. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. So if you're in darkness today, well, David and others... In our psalms, they can help you if you're in pain, if you're struggling, if you're saying, I need hope, I need light. Come to that. Others have seen this throughout history. Now he's saying, God, I'm crying out. Can you you please hear me? But now he goes on about this, and I, I love this. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? He's saying, man, God, if you'd had the ledger and you and you jotted down everything that I've done wrong, it would be crazy. And me and anyone else alive, we, we can't earn it. Now, remember I said that angry Santa? <laughs> That's what many picture God. And if you're good enough, if you dress the part, if you come to enough churches like Living Waters, if you, maybe in some churches if you raise your hands, you can do that as Lutherans during music too. You could, you could do it. It's okay. If you clap, oh man, or if you don't clap, that's the answer. If you give enough in, in, uh, in, in the offering plate, then maybe, then, then you'll be good enough and it'll wash away those. Or, or if you pray hard enough, then that'll, that'll be good. If you barter with God, then, then things are going to go all right. That's not how God works. Remember, God has plans for hope for you. God's not just waiting to pounce on you. No, not at all. He says, here's what you're about, God. You're about forgiveness. And now he says this. This is my favorite part. This is the reason I come back to the psalm again and again and again. So if you're saying, what, what should I jot down today? Right now, just jot down Psalm 130 and come back to this if you're in darkness. He says, I wait for the Lord. My, my soul waits. My whole being waits. And he says, while I'm waiting in his word, in his word I hope. So David's coming back to Scripture and he's saying, I'm waiting for you, God, to show up. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I'm in my darkness. And, and while I'm doing that, I'm just going to listen. I'm going to dive into the truth that you have, the promise you've made to others. And now here's what he says. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. Now, did you know this? Cities in, in the time of David, in the time of Jesus, they had huge, tall walls of stone. And they would have people stationed there. They would have these guards watching. And they wouldn't be looking in the city. No, they'd be watching outward. And they'd be looking for any signs of stress, anything that was coming. And there were a few that would, their shift would start 
right at dusk. And can you picture it? Like, throughout the night, this is what they're looking for all night long. They're straining. And it, remember, it's probably as dark, because they didn't have streetlights, as dark as the back of my house when I was a little boy. They're looking for something. Is that, is that movement? In the, is, is, that, is, that, is that some soldiers? Are they coming? Are they going to hurt the city? Wait, wait, wait. Did I hear something? Was that a rustling? Just straining the whole time, waiting and watching. David is saying in his darkness, that's what he's doing. He's waiting and watching. But they were watching for that, but there was one other thing they were waiting for because their shift would end at sunrise. So they were waiting and watching for something to happen, but they were also waiting and watching for what? For the light to start to creep up, to start to come up. And you know what? Many times they wouldn't see anything else going on, but every single morning, no matter what, without fail, those guards, those watchmen, what would happen? They would wait, and what would come? The dawn. The sun would rise. They knew it. And you know what's really strange? Since those guards, since this was written thousands and thousands of years ago, that sun has risen every single day. So if you're in darkness today, if you're waiting for God to show up, just like that sun would rise, I need you to know in your pain, in your brokenness, in your fear, in your anxiety, in your guilt, you need to know God is coming. And that, that has got to change everything. Because remember, after every night, the sun would rise. And we know as followers of Jesus, the Son is risen. And His name is Jesus. And He rose and He came for you. And He says because of that, He is giving you hope. He is giving you life today. He's going to change everything. And now this is what Jesus is saying. This is crazy. Because we found that hope in Jesus, because the light of the world comes to us, now He's saying... I dare you, I dare you to go out into the darkness. And I think if Jesus was saying, go, not just go out in the darkness and trust me, that'd be one thing. But no, he's saying as the light of the world, he's saying that light is in you and me. And so if he was preaching to us today, especially to little Danny years ago, he'd say, don't just let your light shine. No way, he'd say, let it sparkle go sparkle as the light you are that god has made you god loves you unconditionally just like he loves these little boys that were claimed and one of them sleeping through my message oh and that hurts light still shines in you buddy but god now is saying go out because there are so many around us that are struggling so much in their own darkness and so your voice, your actions, your words, they can start to be the dawn, the glimpses of light that point to the real light of our risen Jesus. So go sparkle. I dare you. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your unconditional love 
Thank you so much. You're not waiting to just punish us. No, you're, you're waiting to love us, to show us that you're always with us, to show us that in the middle of the darkest, hardest moments of our lives, that you're ready to shine your promise of grace, of forgiveness, of love, of life. So help us to go out and share your light with those around us, for us to truly sparkle as each of us is made uniquely, to make an impact for you, the light of the world. And all God's people said, Amen.